This is Mark Halleck, and welcome to the Leading Church Revitalization Podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip you for the work of leading church revitalization in your context. I really hope and pray you will be helped and you'll be encouraged and you might even be a little bit inspired in our time together. Because here's the truth, there's a lot of churches people have given up on that God is just not done with. So thanks for coming by and let's link arms together to replant and revitalize churches for the glory of God and for our joy in Him. Today, what I want to do is I want us to consider a strategic pathway to reimagine and relaunch the Christian education ministry or the Sunday school ministry of your church. There's no doubt that in many dying churches, Sunday school has lost its vision. And really, most folks are not really even aware of what the purpose is anymore of Sunday school or these education classes that we have. And so I would be one that would argue that this is a very important ministry of the church to help people love God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Education is critical. But how can we kind of relaunch this in a revitalization or replanning context so that it kind of brings new life and and new excitement and, quite frankly, helps to actually make disciples and grow our people uh, deeper in their love for God and their love for others. And so what I want to just propose is a three-step strategy that I hope will be helpful to you and your leaders as you think about the future of this Christian education or Sunday school ministry in your church. And so let's begin with step one. Step one I simply call assess and evaluate. The first step in this process is simply honestly assessing and evaluating what is happening right now. What is going well and what isn't going well in our Sunday school ministry? What is working and what's not? There are seven key evaluation questions that I think you'll want to honestly ask and answer as you evaluate your ministry in this regard. And I urge you to look at these questions with other leaders and other folks in the church who are part of the Sunday School or Christian Education Program as it exists right now. Number one, what classes are currently meeting? First, we want to assess which classes are actually meeting. It's not uncommon in declining churches to have classes that meet regularly, which many in the church, including leaders, are unaware of. Often these classes have been quietly meeting for years in some room somewhere in the church on Sunday mornings or during the week. And so we must begin by finding out what classes are currently meeting. I know this was true when I first came to the church where I now serve. Here's number two, who attends these classes? We need to know who attends these classes regularly, as well as those who attend periodically. We need to know if there are those who see this class as a staple in their life, and if there are those who simply attend when it suits their fancy. Who actually attends these classes, and how deeply do they actually care about being part of them? Number three, what is being taught? Listen, as shepherds of the flock, we have to honestly evaluate what is being taught, both as it's written in the curriculum and as it's verbalized by the actual teacher. Sometimes these can be disconnected. 
determine what curriculum a class is using, but also find out what the teacher is actually teaching. Number four, what is the purpose of the class? Is there a purpose? Could the class articulate what the purpose is? What about the teacher or other leaders in the church? Why is this class meeting? Number five, what are the desired outcomes? In other words, if a congregant has been part of this class, what is the hoped for outcome by the end of the class? What does the teacher desire to accomplish in the lives of those who are part of it? You could put it another way. What is the fruit we hope to see from the life of someone who's been part of this class? Number six, how does this class fit into the overall vision and mission of the church? Now, this is very important. Are we just offering classes according to whatever people want to do? Or does this class fit into the overall vision and mission of where we're going as a congregation? How is it helping to equip our people to live out the vision and mission of our church, the church that God has called us to, the the church that God has called us in particular to lead as pastors? And I would say this is absolutely crucial to assess honestly together. And then finally, number seven, how beneficial is this class to the spiritual and relational growth and health of those attending? Is it beneficial? Are we seeing folks grow as a result? Or is it honestly just a way to use up or I hate to say it, waste an hour? We need to be honest about this. Well, these are seven key evaluation questions will hopefully help you just think about, and and I would even say diagnose what is actually going on as you assess and evaluate the current health of your Christian education and Sunday school ministry. Now that's step number one. This leads to step number two, which I just call dream and plan. This is fun. Step two is a fun step. Once you've assessed things, it's time to begin dreaming about what could be. When I'm talking about dreaming here, by the way, I'm talking about visioning. I'm talking about, uh, you know, getting together with other leaders and putting your heads together and asking the question, what could be? What could we do? Can we imagine this future together? You want to dream about how your education ministry might look similar and different from how it has looked in the past. But of course, you don't just want to dream about it. You want to begin to move from dreaming to actually planning out what this ministry could look like on a very practical level. And again, I would say include other leaders in this process. As you dream and plan with other leaders, whether they are pastors or deacons or or just other leaders in the congregation, do so in a way that brings true buy-in from others. You that's critical. You need to get other leaders to buy in to this strategy. When it comes to dreaming and planning, your goal should be a unified commitment from those in leadership and how best to move forward. Involving other voices in this stage will help to achieve this goal. I would say aim to include the following 12 components during this step of dreaming and planning. Okay, so 12 components. Here's component number one. Dream about and plan for the purpose and direction. One of the biggest stumbling blocks in many Christian education ministries is the fact that there is no clear direction or purpose at all. You want to dream about and be very clear about the vision and purpose of both the overall Christian education program as well as each individual class within it. Number two, dream about and plan for how this ministry will fit into the overall vision of the church. 
The vision of our church is to make Jesus non-ignorable in Denver and to the ends of the earth. We want to spread the fame of Jesus from our doorsteps to the darkest corners of the world. And as a result, we're always trying to evaluate how the classes we offer relate to and help fuel the vision of our church. This means we need to regularly be asking questions like these. How is this class helping to grow in us a deeper passion for Christ and His Word? How is this class helping us to reach the lost in our city? How is this class helping us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth? How is this class helping us to better make joyful, passionate disciples of Jesus? If a class is clearly not helping our church grow in these areas, we probably need to question whether we should be offering the course at all. Does it really meet a need? Is it really in line with what God has called us to be about as a church? Number three, dream about and plan for the name and branding of this ministry. Here's what I mean. Start dreaming about what you want to call your Christian education ministry, your Sunday school ministry, and the particular classes you will offer. This can be a lot of fun and can involve lots of creativity from you and your leaders. For example, at our church, we decided to move away from a traditional Sunday school name because we wanted to offer courses on Sunday mornings as well as other times during the week. So instead of calling it Sunday school, we chose to relaunch our education ministry under the umbrella of the Calvary Institute. Within the Calvary Institute, we have different types of classes offered at different times and on different days of the week. Taking this new approach helped bring a freshness to our education ministry that was desperately needed, both for new attendees as well as those who have been part of our church for many years. It helped us to effectively communicate to our people that we had a new direction, a new purpose and vision for what we were trying to accomplish. Number four, dream about and plan for the desired outcomes. This helps us to answer the question, what do we hope to accomplish? Clear outcomes must be crystal clear in the minds of the pastors, leaders, and teachers. Let me give you an example of what some potential outcomes might be. Number one, biblical knowledge. We want our folks to know the Word of God better, but we don't just want them to know the Word of God. We want them to apply the Word of God. We don't simply want hearers of the Word. We want doers of the Word. Number two, Christian living. We want to help men and women, boys and girls, to grow in joyful obedience to the Lord. We want to see them grow in the spiritual disciplines that will help them grow as disciples. We want to see a desire for and deeper understanding of biblical fellowship. We want them to learn what it means to find their joy and satisfaction in living day by day, abiding in Christ. And then number three, evangelism. We want to help folks understand what evangelism is, why it's important, and how they can actually do it as they live on mission in our city and to the ends of the earth. Now, these are just three examples of outcomes. Again, we want to be clear on these. This is critical for both teachers and students to get the best education possible. Number five, dream about and plan for sustainability. There's something very important to remember Whenever you're starting a new ministry in a church revitalization context, and I would put it this way, very simple, start small. Let me say that again. Start small. Always start small. This is especially true when it comes to your education ministry. It's better to have one healthy class that has a clear vision, outcomes, and objectives done with excellence than it is to have four or five classes that are half-baked 
If you're trying to create a culture where Christian education is taken seriously, then my encouragement is to start small. Do one or two classes with excellence. This will set the tone for other classes in the future. Number six, dream about and plan for the types of courses that will be offered. This goes back to the question, what are we trying to accomplish? In my view, there are three types of courses you will want to intentionally offer your people on a regular basis. Number one, Bible classes. Bible classes are courses that help give people an overview of the Old and New Testaments, as well as courses that take an in-depth look at specific books of the Bible. We want our people to know the Word of God, and so strong Bible classes are essential. Number two, theology and doctrine classes. These courses focus on what we believe as Christians. What do the scriptures teach about particular topics related to the character and workings of God in the world? And then how do these truths about God apply to how we live in relationship to God and his world? We must ground our people in sound biblical doctrine. Only sound doctrine will help them to know God rightly and become deeply rooted in his truth. Number three, Christian living classes. These would be what theologians call practical theology classes. These are classes that practically apply biblical and theological truth to our everyday lives as believers. And so we would include courses like uh, courses on prayer or evangelism or parenting in a gospel-centered way, marriage, money management, leadership. All three of these different types of classes are vitally important to the health of a congregation, Bible classes, theology and doctrine, and Christian living. In many churches, the majority of classes offered fall into the Christian living category. And while Christian living is obviously incredibly important, apart from helping our people grow deeper in their knowledge of Scripture as well as theology and doctrine, Christian living simply will not have the impact that it should. Let me share an example of what all of this looks like at our church. The Calvary Institute is structured around the three types of classes we just considered, Bible, theology and doctrine, and Christian living. But we refer to them in this way. All of our Bible classes revolve around what we call Christian story. The most important claim the Bible makes is that God has made himself known to us through the story of salvation in Jesus, a story that spans the history of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Christian story classes focus on understanding how the story of Scripture and the many people, places, and events along the way culminate in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So as we study the Bible, we want to study with a very specific focus on how Christ is at the center of all Scripture and how salvation is found in Him. We call our theology and doctrine classes Christian belief. The doctrines of Scripture teach us certain truths we believe about God. These doctrines form the core distinctives of our Christian faith. Christian belief classes cover doctrines such as creation, scripture, the Trinity, salvation, and how we grow in holiness. Finally, we call our Christian living courses Christian formation. Christian formation classes focus on the way we live out our obedience and faith in Jesus, which is being formed by the truths of scripture. Altogether, you can see that we don't view these three types of classes as standalone. They all impact and thread with one another. Christian knowledge needs to lead us to Christian action in all areas of our lives, from running a business to raising children, to engaging our friends and coworkers with the gospel, 
Christian formation classes are the practical classes in the Calvary Institute curriculum. I truly believe that all three of these types of courses should be integrated into your Christian education strategy. An excellent book to help you in developing these three different types of courses that I want to recommend to you is a book called Deep Discipleship by J.T. English, and I highly recommend reading this book with your team. I think you'll find it very helpful. Number seven, dream about and plan for how classes fit together. We need to get even more strategic now. Not only do we want to understand the types of courses we will offer, but we also want to know how the courses are going to fit together. How are we going to purposely teach these courses to our people over the course of the year, over the course of the next five years? In our church, we've tried to create a very clear pathway for people to follow. We encourage folks to take two primary Christian story classes at a minimum. That would be New Testament story and Old Testament story. We want to give a good overview of the Bible to our people. Then in terms of Christian belief, we encourage folks to begin by taking Doctrine Part 1. In Doctrine Part 1, we talk about the Trinity, we look at creation, humanity, and sin. In Christian belief Part 2, or Christian Doctrine Part 2, we look at salvation, holiness, the doctrine of the church, and the new heavens and the new earth. In our Christian formation courses, we offer Christian Formation 1 and 2, And here we focus on biblical spirituality, spiritual disciplines, and living as a gospel-centered Christian. In all three types of these courses, our aim is to help believers not only understand what they believe, but also apply those beliefs to everyday life. These six courses form the core curriculum of the Calvary Institute. Now, on top of these, we have other kinds of courses, electives, if you will, that build off the foundational courses. These six give a broad overview of Christian life and belief, and the electives then focus on specific areas within these six classes, if that makes sense. What we like to do, we've done in the past, is is offer a certificate for those who've gone through the six core classes, along with two elective courses of their choice. And this is just a fun way that helps to give students a vision and direction. They feel like they're really committing to something and they've succeeded, they've accomplished something once they finish the coursework. And we found this to be not only helpful, but very encouraging. This leads to number eight, dream and plan for course logistics. This moves us from big picture items to being in the classroom. We want to dream about the logistics that are going to actually help us pull this thing off. So here are some questions that you need to ask and answer. What day will classes be offered? Will it be Sunday morning? Will it be Sunday night? Will it be Wednesday night? Will it be other nights of the week? You need to be sensitive to the time blocks that are available for individuals in your church and context. Asking for feedback from your congregation will help you in this. How long will classes be? We've taken the both-and approach at our church. We offer one-hour classes on Sunday morning, but we also utilize other formats like two-hour seminar courses on weeknights. We found that having options helps meet the needs of a wide variety of people in our church whose schedules are vastly different. How many weeks will the classes last? I highly encourage you to not let your classes go indefinitely. We have found it to be very helpful to have a clear start and end date. This makes it easy to have clear on-ramps and off-ramps for people, and we'll talk about this more in a moment. Who will teach the classes? Do you have teachers? 
Do you have the right teachers? What are the expectations and requirements of both teachers and students? These are important questions. You might think this is starting to sound a a little bit like seminary, but the reality is that we really do need to raise the level of education in our churches. What you will find is that people are hungry for it. They really are. They want to go deep. Studies continue to show how more and more believers in our culture, especially those who are younger, desire to go deep. They desire meat. They love Jesus, they love the Word, and they're hungry for more. I think you'll be surprised at the number of people who are excited about this and want to be challenged. One last question, what materials and tools will each course need? Here we're simply talking about supplies like whiteboards, video equipment, and handouts. Do you have a printed curriculum where copies will need to be made for students? Video lessons, books, think through every practical logistical detail. Now we're up to number nine. Dream about and plan for quality teacher training. Man, this is a biggie. This is one of the major downfalls in most Christian education ministries. Too often we find some faithful volunteer and throw them into a class to teach without any prior or continuing education or training. To counteract this tendency, you need to figure out how you're going to train your teachers. In the Calvary Institute, we have a training seminar we do with our potential teachers. We have three main sessions of material that we work through with them before they teach and then review with them over time. Let me just give you a brief overview. Session number one focuses on the teacher's posture towards God. We emphasize in this our role as humble learners and faithful, passionate teachers of the Word of God. Session number two looks at the teacher's posture towards others. This session helps us to see that as a teacher, you're not somebody who is just spitting out information, but you're actually caring for people's souls. We want to love people really well in these educational environments. And so this session focuses on what this looks like and how to actually do it. Finally, session number three looks at the teacher's posture to scripture and the narrative of theology. This session covers how the biblical narrative should shape not only our theology, but our instruction, no matter what course you are teaching. Listen, quality teacher training matters. Whatever that looks like for you, it needs to be a priority. I would tell you this, make it fun, make it enjoyable, and also make it very intentional. And I think you'll find that most of your teachers, man, they are longing for this very thing. Number 10, dream about and plan for deeper community and care. The best learning environments are marked by loving, trusting community and care. And so I would tell you, you should seek to build a culture where students and teachers, they care for one another really well while they learn together. This is connected to the outcomes that I've mentioned above. If deeper knowledge of God helps us grow to be more like Jesus, then we need to sculpt our courses in a way that helps that outcome become a reality in our classrooms. Number 11, dream about and plan for reaching unchurched people. Sadly, this does not always happen on its own. It takes a vision and plan for how we will seek to reach unchurched people with these classes, with our Christian education ministry. Do you want unchurched people in these classes? I sure hope so. What would that look like then for them to be a part of this learning community? How can we help get them there and make them feel loved and cared for? How can we teach in a way that will meet them where they are? Finally, number 12, 
dream about, and plan for clear and easy on and off ramps. You want to make it super clear and easy for people to both get into and out of a class. Work to have clear on-ramps where new people can get in and where, if their schedule changes, individuals can easily get out and not feel guilty about it. And that's key. Well, this all leads to the third step in this process. So just quickly, by way of review, step number one is assess and evaluate. Step number two is dream and plan. And now we are at step number three, which is promote and gather, promote and gather. Now, when we talk about promoting and gathering, I want to just say this. There isn't one right way to do this, which is why I would encourage you to brainstorm with your leaders how this might look in your context for maximum effectiveness, how to promote the Christian education ministry in your church, and then how to gather people to be part of it. I do want to mention a handful of potential strategies that I hope will help you uh, as you get started. I know these are some things that have helped us as we have looked at promoting and gathering in the Calvary Institute. Number one, remember to be clear and consistent in your promotion and communication. At the end of the day, clear and consistent communication is crucial to the effectiveness of this ministry and quite frankly, any ministry. It must be clear for people to understand when and where classes will be held. Communication must also be consistent, which means ongoing. Some of the questions that need to be regularly asked are, how many different ways should we promote these classes? Church-wide, email, video announcement, personal invitations, etc.? What is the best promotional strategy for seniors in our church? What about singles? What about young marrieds or young people? Work hard to make sure people know what is happening. There's nothing more frustrating for folks than wanting to be part of a new class and they don't know when it is or where it's located. So remember to be clear and consistent in your promotion and communication. Number two, spend a few moments in the worship gathering to pray for the new ministry. The worship gathering is the primary way to highlight important ministries. And so I would encourage you on a Sunday morning, spend some time talking about the launch of this new education ministry, which new classes will be offered, and then pray for it. Encourage people to be part of it. Number three, promote this new ministry on your website, blogs, and social media. This is huge, especially if you're wanting to reach younger people. You want to get the word out about courses you will be offering and your desire for people both inside and outside of your church to come and be a part. Number four, put up promotional materials in strategic locations, both inside and outside of the church building. Think of high traffic areas in your church building, the bathrooms, the entrances, etc. Promote these classes all over the place. We don't want anyone in the congregation to say, well, I never saw or heard anything about this. As for outside your church building, where might be some strategic places to get the word out to those who might be interested in coming to a class but don't currently attend your church? Coffee shops, grocery stores, a college or seminary nearby? Number five, develop a brochure listing your classes and information about them to share with prospective students. This would be a great communication tool to put in your pews or have available at your information table for people to pick up. 
a simple, clear, attractive, easy-to-read brochure explaining the vision of the ministry and a list of course offerings can be incredibly helpful for getting the word out. Number six, preach a sermon series about the importance of Christian education. You could even do this in conjunction with launching your new Christian education strategy. Number seven, have students share their testimony of being involved in a class. Stories are powerful. Doing testimonies, whether live or maybe a video, to show what God is doing in these classes can help give vision to others who are not part of it. Number eight, set up tables outside of your sanctuary featuring classes, teachers, students, and what they are studying. You might do this over the course of a month, three to four weeks on Sunday mornings. An easy way to give huge exposure to the program is by getting folks who have been involved to sit at these tables and gather folks and encourage folks to be part of a class. Number nine, invite people personally to join. There's no question that this is the most effective way to get individuals involved in any ministry, including this Christian education ministry. We can promote the class in a variety of ways, but at the end of the day, the students in the classes and the teachers of the classes need to pursue other people and invite them to come personally. One helpful way to encourage this is to create a basic invitation flyer to give to friends or family members. Well, I hope these ideas are helpful for you as you start reimagining Christian education in a way that glorifies God. These three steps have been critical for us over the years in relaunching, reimagining, and the ongoing work of seeing our Christian education program be as strong as it can possibly be. Of course, there's no perfect Sunday school program. There's no perfect Christian education ministry. But what I can tell you is, without thoughtful planning, intentionality, strong teachers, clear vision, ongoing communication, your Christian education ministry will never be what it could be. And so I'm cheering you on. I'm encouraging you today. Man, do what it takes. It's worth it. This is our call to make disciples, joyful, passionate disciples who love Jesus with their heart, their soul, their mind, and their strength and love their neighbor as their self. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Hey, as you continue to grow, I want to point you in the direction of a book called Leading Church Revitalization. This entire podcast is really built on and based on that book. You can pick it up at Amazon.com today. Also, check out AcomaPress.org. Acoma Press is committed to putting out resources to help encourage and equip you as a revitalizer or a replanter. It's also very committed to help equip congregations that are struggling and facing serious decline. And one last thing, I would love to stay in touch with you. So let's connect on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any way I can serve you, I would love to do that. Man, I can't wait till we're together next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. God bless you all.